0: Thanks for tuning in.
1: This is You Should Try Listening. Hey, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to You Should Try Listening. I am one of your hosts, Sierra, with my awesome, amazing, talented... So damn dark and twisty. <laughs> <So> <laughs> not wrong. Matching her beautifulness inside and out. Mm. So thank you for joining us. I finally get to introduce her and I feel like I still didn't do it justice because it was a struggle no. getting this together.
0: You're completely... My name's Lauren, audience, but you already knew that.
1: You knew what my name
0: was. Uh, this was Sierra's first introduction and yes, it was a struggle. <laughs> Part of me wants to keep the struggle in it, but you know what? I'm not going to put her on blast like that. It's... it's it's
1: too long. It's, we don't she have has the first two ten minutes. minutes
0: of struggle <laughs> happening just for the intro. No, I'm glad you guys are here. We had a, a pretty heavy episode that we wanted to do with you today about loss. But before we get to that, I have got a funny story for you. Okay. Right? So I was talking to my husband. Okay. I was like, Brayden, you know what I think would be really fun. I would love if we like took separate cars and we met we went on a date, but we like pretended we didn't know each other and we like. Stop. Yeah, I was like, Let's <laughs> let's meet up and like you come over and you like hit on me and like flirt with me we kind of like flirt back and forth for a little while we could you know possibly end the night with a uh, little one night you know what I'm, I just think that would be so fun to do that
1: yes and, I love the strangers meet at the bar meet eyes and seriously meet, actually, your husband yeah like come, yes. come
0: get me babe and he wasn't listening to me he was like playing his game listening to his video about cars, which doesn't matter. And so I texted him the exact same thing I said. I texted him and I said, babe, I want to go on a date and we pretend we don't know each other and you come and flirt with me and I play hard to get and then we hit it off and then we have a one night stand. That's what I said in the text. And do you know what he said back to me? What? Who is this? Oh, stop. (laughs) I was heaving. I was heaving Priceless. when he said that. I was like, so you are listening. You just are being ridiculous right now.
1: <laughs> and restart. I love the commitment. Thank you. Seriously,
0: Brady. I was dead. Like when I say I couldn't <laughs> breathe, I was like, babe, that is the best joke you've done all year. Like this takes the <laughs> cake. But that that is is something I really want to do. So I keep bringing it up with him because I'm trying to get him to like take me seriously. But yes, I think that would be so fun. I think it would be sexy. I
1: think it would be just, you know, lightning sparks. Super cute. Yeah. You got to get butterflies again. I feel like after three years, it's kind of, you know.
0: But that is my funny story. (laughs) I thought it was so good. I was like, I have to share. Um, Oh, that was really good. (laughs) Seriously, so good. So, like I said before, our episode today is on loss. We have a couple different experiences, each of us do, and they're all kind of different. But what I thought was interesting is just between my two different experiences that I'm going to share, like how I process loss in different situations and how I deal, you know. The first one I want to share is my grandma. This one is interesting because my grandma's not dead, but the loss... That I have experienced has been the loss of her in my life. My grandma was my probably my best friend for a long time. She was the person I called if I had financial questions. I went to her with educational questions. I went to her for any guidance that I may need in life. And I've been doing it since I was young. My grandma has always been the person in my corner to help me get from step one to step two to step. At five because my parents were not, they didn't have any foresight, but my grandma did. I felt like my grandma made it her business to make sure that I could not only survive in this world, but be happy. And so my grandma has a brother and my grandma's brother molested me when I was 12 and I didn't speak out about it until I was about 16. I told my grandma about it and she called her brother and asked if it was true. And he said no, and then she called me back, and when he said that didn't happen, and so I wasn't worried that she didn't believe me. I don't think I. I think I knew that she believed me. I just at this point, it's been years later. I'm sure she didn't really know what to do, but but now she's aware. This happened to me while I was at your brother's house. He did this to me. Here's that information. So years later, you know, my grandma and I are still close, and I'm in therapy. Maybe when I'm 25. 26. And one of the things I have to work through is being molested and sharing that information and this person not going to jail. And that's just something that I have to work through. And so it comes up with my grandma over the years and we talk about it. And she's a very matter of fact type of woman. I think I got a lot of that from her. She's not really um, warm, but she's always been safe, if that makes sense. There's no frills, but yeah, she's not someone that you like snuggle up to but like, She's someone that has your back. (laughs) Fast forward to me being married to Brayden. I invited my grandma to my wedding. I cannot remember why she didn't come. I genuinely can't remember why she didn't come, but she was definitely invited. But I'm talking to my grandma. My husband and I have this this trip planned to Virginia, and my grandma's like, "Oh, we're going to be in Virginia," and she's like, "I'm taking Mia to Virginia," and I'm like, "Oh my gosh, we should meet up. I'd love for you to meet Brayden. It's it's about time. You know what I mean." And Then she goes, okay, well, I have to let you know we're traveling with, and then she tells me that she's traveling with her brother. And I'm so shocked. I'm like, wait, so you're going on vacation with Mia, your other granddaughter, the only other granddaughter you have, who is 11. So really close to the age I was when I was molested by your brother. And you're going with your brother. I'm trying to figure out why. exactly. And I'm like, you still hang out with him. It's one thing to be like, you did this to my granddaughter. She just now tell me about it. So there's not much I can do legally, but now we know who you are versus you still vacationing with this person and taking your other grandchild. It just felt very weird and like disconnected. Like what? what's happening? So Braden was with me and he's been super supportive through all of my craziness, but I called her and I was like, I need to know why you think it's okay to vacation with the brother who I told you molested me when I was 12 and take your 12 year old granddaughter. Like there's so many different, things that are going wrong with what is happening and she's like do you think I would leave her alone with him like she's getting kind of defensive and I'm like but why are you even vacationing with him do you you either don't believe me that he molested me or you do not care and she's like I do believe you but what do you want me to say he's my only brother oh wow that's what she said and it was at that moment that I realized I don't know that you are who I thought you were this is not just an instance of you not having my back it seems but it it almost seems like you only have had my back when it was con- convenient like cuz this is yeah this is really inconvenient and you you don't seem to have my back and so i was like okay that's all i needed to hear and i haven't spoken to her since And that was three, two years ago, two and a half years ago. And that's been really hard because my grandma was my favorite. She was my go-to person. I don't know if this is true, Sierra, but I feel like one of your go-to people is me. And she was mine. And so it was really hard losing her. But at the same time, that's not the type of person that I want in my life or in my son's life. I don't want someone in my family or someone associated with my family who can... Separate what she separated. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't feel safe if you feel like it's okay for you to do the things that you're doing and compartmentalizing the way you're you're the way you're compartmentalizing. Like that's not okay to me. And so even though she's still alive, and I think about her all the time, and I miss her and I still love her, I have lost her. It's been hard, but be pregnant, not talk to her through my whole pregnancy, have a baby, not talk to her about things that I'm experiencing as a new mom, not talk to her about financial situations we're making as we, you know, become debt-free and we're talking about different ways to invest. It's really hard to not talk to her about those things, especially as my business grows. And I I miss her, but um, I consider this a necessary loss. I mean, she's i could call her and we could figure it out maybe but that would consist of me ignoring the fact that she's still close with the person who took something from me that i cannot get back
1: true Oof. i wonder what how someone so sensible could value a, p- a predator even if your brother or not over i don't know i just that's that's hard for me to and I'm, yeah that is a loss that is a loss cause i remember you how you spoke of your grandmother and i remember the conversations about the chapter that you're now in, you guys kind of brainstorming about it and manifesting it in the swords, talking out loud about what you wanted and what it would look like and kind of goals. And it's sad that she can't be here for that with you.
0: Yeah. Yeah,
1: but it is. But I mean, here we are. She can't protect you in this situation. So I'm glad you protected yourself. And like we mentioned before in the self-care episode, you've done a lot of work for your own mental health and your own stability there. And this is another situation where that could be jeopardized by someone not knowing and respecting just very, very understandable boundaries. Please don't bring a pedophile around me. And why would you want him around you? Like I don't.
0: Yeah, I don't <laughs> not just that you're with him and I need to see you, but the fact that you're with him in general. Yeah. Why are you with him? Why do you, Why are you hanging out with him? He is a pedophile. You know what I mean? Like, what is happening? And it,
1: it's. And I don't mean to downplay it at all, but I under—I don't understand. But I see more often when people have like those uncles or relatives where they hear these stories about them and some some random young lady, and they kind of like excuse it and dismiss it, you know, as this, that, or the third, and they create they kind of villainize the young the young girl or what have what have you. But this is your own granddaughter who you have a relationship with that you know so like you you care about and love, and you believe one hundred percent. it's like, there was no doubt in your mind. So I don't understand how you could still kind of, I don't know, like you said, compartmentalize that when you look at him and I don't know, it's, 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 I don't know. I, I'm sorry about that. That is a for real loss, but it might be a gain at the end of the day, you saw her true colors. It's definitely a reflection of something going on in there. Yeah, I wonder if her herself has experienced any like sexual trauma. So that maybe desensitized her to it. And so she doesn't really feel the weight of what it really is if that is something that happened that's not an excuse no of course not but i want to just it just doesn't fit from what how you talked about her before like that image and knowing this now it's like what where is the disconnect how could you be so this way and so giving and caring compassionate and then on this huge issue just all that goes out the window
0: yeah i have no idea weird Ugh. but I know
1: you wanted to share an experience about your grandma as well. Different, but still. Yeah. Um, so my grandmother on my father's side, we've had kind of a similar relationship. As you were describing, she was that security, kind of the calm and the storm of the other dysfunction on, on our side of the family. And so we are extremely close. Her And my Papu, who is like her husband, my grandfather, which actually, fun fact, I found out later in life, I was in college, that one of my first words were Papu. And I later found out that Papu is Greek for grandfather. And I'm like, how? That's funny. Right? How would a toddler... No, you know, to put that together. So you're a savant. Is what you're saying. <laughs> I'm saying maybe in a past life, we had that same dynamic. Like you were either a mentor or a grandfather. Like I, it definitely was comfortable from day one, like a recognition between the two of us. I think a, a few people might've experiences that have had kind of the blessing and the curse of Being able to see their grandparents age and have more time with them, but the curse is, the blessing is you have more time with them, but the curse is that you switch roles in a sense. What was once this authoritarian, um, loving, guiding, mentorship type of role switches to now you, you're taking care of their affairs. You're, if their health declines, you, it's that saying, you're, you're once an adult, twice a baby in a sense. Have you heard that?
0: No, but I get what you mean. Yeah. I've heard you start off in
1: diapers and you end up in diapers. Yeah, that, that. And that's, that's where I'm at now with it, where she's far into her dementia. It's been a journey. It's been polarizing to watch. I think the good days, everyone says, you know, hang on to these good moments when she's clear and she's lucid and she's, you know, cognitively able to understand what's going on, her memories here. But it's, I feel like that's almost worse for me now, now that I've been able to compartmentalize where we are and. That even though she's here, it's not really her anymore. When I get those glimpses of okay, this is my grandma, where she's calling me Cece and she's dancing, or she's not dancing, she's bedbound, but you know she's doing her arms and she's moving to the music, and we're having this moment, and she's she's looking at me, and I know she's seeing me. And then twenty minutes later, it's it's gone. You know, I'm just like, oh my god, that is the most painful thing ever. So I I wish, as much as I appreciate those moments. <laughs> Uh, I hate to say it, but I wish those didn't sting as bad, I guess. Yeah. (laughs) But so, yeah, I I wanted to talk about loss in that sense of dementia and having, having your loved one here, but them not really being here, not being the loved one you remember and kind of, I can't speak to it from her perspective, but I imagine it's, it's terrifying. It seems like it would be. And from what she expresses, there's a lot of, uh, I don't know, there's a lot of fear there. But for me, for me, it's. I, I think the blessing has been that we first saw signs in 2016 after my cousin passed, which I'll talk to later, and that was what the doctors are saying was kind of the catalyst for what she was already pre- she was already pre- predisposition to dementia and Alzheimer's. But that emotional hit that she took and depression and downward spiral spiral really put it into overdrive. So really quickly it went from kind of just little memory things to just she is not here <laughs> and so I'm glad that I was able to move out here and catch her when she was still kind of physically even though her memory had deteriorated pretty quickly she physically was able to stand up and you know do things she enjoyed laugh we were able to dance together we were able to get our nails done we were able to have that quality time and I would be able to get the glimpses of my grandma and it would bring me back but now she's back home and she's in hospice and it's as the nurses say she's transitioning she's transitioning such a pc way of saying saying things but actually tell me what you think of this because i was having this conversation with my friend desmond kind of similar about loss and why he doesn't fear it and kind of why i'm i'm ruining it i'm ruining my own i'm ruining when my grandmother does finally leave because there's I feel like there's so much I I still need from her I still I still want from her I want her to be around for like she promised me she would be here until she was 111 you're gonna be able to see my kids (laughs) you know see me get married and now all these things are starting to be right in arm's distance and it's like you're here but you're not here for it but I was talking to Desmond about that and he was saying when he passes and his you know great 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 grandkids or whatever because he's and i have very sp- similar spiritual beliefs and they are calling on their ancestors for guidance he wants to live this life in a way that he will have those ancestors for when his his kids need him in the future. And I was like, that's a beautiful way to look at it. Like your purpose is kind of to live in a way for which you, you grow enough and are self-actualized enough as a person that your, your time here carries on. You'll be able to provide wisdom or guidance or whatever, whatever you, you really learn from your time here to your, your kids, even when you're not here. And I thought that was a really cool way to look at it because I definitely feel like even though my grand my kids or grandkids probably won't meet <laughs> my grandma, I-, I definitely wanna be that historian and pass along what she taught me and hopefully they have a such a familiar familiarity with her that they know to call on her and get a lot of the love and support that she gave me
0: yeah I think that's a cool thought i I definitely believe that our ancestors are watching us there's a scriptural like a verse or a phrase the hearts of the children turn to the fathers and the hearts of the fathers turn to the children and it's mm. supposed to kind of represent like the people before you are watching and you are responsible for anyone who comes after you mm. I love that. And so, yeah, I don't doubt that they're a part of our experience, you know?
1: Yeah.
0: But no, I don't I don't have any experience with like a family member with dementia. And I just can't imagine. I've worked with, I was a CNA for years and I've worked with lots of people who, like they say, were transitioning, but I, you know, I just don't have any experience with it from a personal familial standpoint, and I can't imagine how hard that must be. Especially, I remember Grandma Ella. Right. I remember going to her house when I was younger. I remember her house being like just so much house. (laughs) Like I don't even know where to be. There's so many different rooms, and I remember they had that well water, and so it always smelled like eggs. Yeah. (laughs) Get all that well water. Yes. Oh my gosh. Oh boy. But she had like that huge playroom for you. And I remember they did Easter egg hunts at their house. I mean, she was, she's been around forever and she was good to me and Amber, even, you know, we're not her grandkids. So I always appreciated that. Yeah.
1: She was the life of the party and loved kids. She actually had a daycare for a lot of years. I'm still meeting people now that reach out now that she's at the stage that she's in. People will reach out and tell me these stories of her either helping her with her, their kids or watching them for free so they could, you know, get their shit together. And I'm like, wow, that's amazing to know that, that she was that for so many people.
0: My other lost story is significantly shorter and it's different in the sense that with my grandma, there were years and years of relationship and love and uh, experiences. Whereas with this, it was very quick, but my husband and I have our son Knox, who's almost a year Insane. old
1: which is so crazy to me. Just but I was just getting texts about you and that absurdly long labor. So I can't believe like a year has passed since then. Like that feels like yesterday. <laughs> oh yeah, that labor was
0: rough, but he is here, healthy and running the show. For you know real. I mean, we're trying to have another baby and we actually were pregnant kind of near the holidays near Thanksgiving and we lost the baby. And I know miscarriages, they're not everyday situations. It's not something that just happens and you're like, all right, but they are common enough that I wish people felt more comfortable talking about them. Um, In my experience, I can't speak for anyone else, but in my experience, the hardest part of this loss for me has been that... There have been moments where I've felt alone in it. I felt my husband, you know, my husband, he said, he he even said this in couples therapy, but it took him feeling Knox kick in order for him to realize that I was actually pregnant the Mm. first time. Even though we knew we were pregnant early on and he knew, it didn't really settle in his mind until he could feel the baby kick. And so, with this experience, because he didn't have that, it's almost like it didn't even register that we were pregnant before we lost the Mm. baby. He feels bad for me, but. It just feels kind of like I go through it alone, especially when someone in the family or a close friend asks us, hey, like, are you guys trying for another one? And instead of saying, you know, actually, we were trying and we had a miscarriage, Braden's just like, yeah, we're trying. Like, like it kind of didn't happen. This is something that I've taken to couples therapy and he knows exactly how I feel. And it's something that he is actively working on. So when people ask about it, he, he can speak about it without feeling like it's this big, dark secret. But it is a loss. We were only, um, we were less than six weeks along, but my body experienced a miscarriage. There was bleeding, it kind of, it threw off my whole, I have no idea when my period's going to (laughs) come. No idea um, my body has been acting super weird. I've been really tired. I've been just, things are different down there. And I don't know if it's hormone. My body is probably, I, I genuinely think when you have a miscarriage, your body is like resetting. And so it's just been an interesting process for me. And I'm not, I'm not depressed. I'm not anything like that, but I do, it is something that happened to us. It is a baby that we had that we lost. I have friends who have had miscarriages and so I've been able to kind of lean on them and and we've been able to have conversations and be there for each other. But then I have other friends who don't really get it because it wasn't like a three month long baby. And I don't hold that against them because they've never had that experience. But for me, we, you know, we were pregnant and we lost a baby and I feel this way for anyone out there, whether you were four weeks along or four months along, you have every right to your feelings. That's the most recent form of loss I feel like I've experienced and we're doing okay, but it did happen. And so in order to in order to be honest with myself and kind of live the principle that I'm having Brayden do, which is don't just ignore the fact that it happened, I wanted to speak about it on this podcast today.
1: I know that. This is very recent. So thank you for sharing that. I think that's going to help a lot of people because like you said, there is a stigma about talking about it. And so thank you. And I'm sorry that that happened. I still am in disbelief. No, I'm fine.
0: Yeah. I wonder, I'm not sure if that means when I get to heaven, there will be an extra person there and I'll be like, hey, and they'll be like, hey, mom. And I'm like, oh, wait, you were that baby. What's up?
1: (laughs) I think that would be beautiful. I love that idea. Yeah, me too. Mm. Did you guys, well, you did have a name. Do you, are you going to keep that name for?
0: No, we, we had names, but
1: I had no idea whether this baby was a boy or a
0: girl. It was too soon for us to do any of that. So I think we're just going to move forward. But, but I, you know, I don't feel like that is me doing
1: this child any, you know, disservice. Do you, I wonder, I know you mentioned just being able to talk about it and grieve the reality of it. Do you think there's like any other tips you would give women out there that have experienced this to kind of move forward?
0: I don't have any tips for the women, but I have tips for everyone, you know, everyone in general. Let's not make miscarriages feel like they're a deep, dark secret that you have to carry on your own. You don't, if someone, especially in the sphere that I'm in, people are asking, Hey, when you have another kid? And when they ask that, I, I went to go visit a friend yesterday who was like, yeah, you guys trying for another one? And I was like, actually, we have been trying and we had a miscarriage before Thanksgiving, but we're still trying. It's just as simple as that for me. I just need people to know. I don't want to pretend like it didn't happen because it then it kind of makes me feel kind of crazy. Like, did it yeah. happen? Did I have a miscarriage? You know, but I mean, some people don't want to share and that's their right. Like, you don't have to share if you don't want to. But I also feel for any woman who is feeling like she's holding this on her own and like she has to for the
1: comfort of the people around her I agree I've definitely seen that so
0: that's it that's all I would say about that Mm -hmm.
1: well I still 100% know that you guys are gonna have a beautiful large absurdly large baseball team of a family (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> with some curly yeah, hair and seriously. some big old smiles and hopefully Knox's bright, amazing, beautiful, alert eyes. I just, I am obsessed with that kid.
0: No, he's the just the bee's knees, <laughs> that one. I'm wondering if, you know, how that, I can't wait to have more, but we have so much love for him and I wonder how it works when you have more
1: than true, one. True, true. I hate to be that guy, but I, I was thinking that this morning when I was looking at Sansa and Arya, I was like, oof. I have such a beautiful connection with Aria and I have such an amazing bond with Sansa. I hope they both know that I love them. (laughs) She's talking about her cats,
0: just so everyone's aware. We went from children to cats. I'm not, I'm trying to give you space to love your cats, but when you throw it in right after I'm talking about my son, I struggle.
1: Those are my my fur babies. And when I think of sharing love, we are just talking about loving. We were just we're we're talking about loving kids specifically, but love, sharing love, dividing it, having enough for multiple individuals. <laughs> it's true, crazy lady. Okay, never mind. Apparently, this is an anti. <laughs> we don't love. We don't love animals wow. over here. <laughs> we don't
0: stop it stop it you know there are people if you start that if you start that on here we might have a listener be like yeah she hates animals I don't I don't hate animals I just have a hard time when I'm talking about my (laughs) child and then the next thing that comes out of your mouth is about the cats but okay I'm trying to I'm trying to get it
1: could have been better but you know, I want to say things. I want to relate. You know what I mean? I would- <laughs> no, but you
0: also come from a family where like, you know, your mom refers to the dog yes, as your brother. that's true. So I I get where you're coming from. I, I don't live there. True.
1: I am I not an only it. child, you guys. Around the age of 16, my mom had a son and his name is Ozzy Knight. And he is a Yorkie. <laughs> and Dear Lord. She, okay. He, wait, um, I just got to break this down real quick. He is on her, her license plate. Oh, boy. He is on the floor doormat of her, of the entry to her home. She, he is on probably three or four mugs. He is on blankets and pillows, throw blankets and throw pillows. He is on, (laughs) I think she has a shower curtain that she doesn't hang up, but he is on a shower curtain. (laughs) Like this is, yeah, it's a problem.
0: How many mugs and doormats and shower curtains (laughs) are
1: you on? I think, did I? No, I didn't i I might have gotten a picture in a normal you know picture frame but that's about it <laughs> there clearly a the I'm in the i it's four years later and I'm still processing it to be perfectly honest so it's hard to talk about something that you're not at the other end of without sounding crazy <laughs> my my second loss i i Mention it briefly because it affected this whole side of my family pretty heavily, my grandmother included, would be the passing of my cousin, my little cousin, DeAndre. It happened in 2016, so enough time where I think I'm at a better place with it. I wouldn't say I'm at the best place with it because I've, d- I've done therapy and, and there are so many topics that come up and I keep thinking that I should lean it this way because I know it's it's something that weighs on me, but... Um, I never end up with a, a, a protection or long enough for it, us to get there. So one day, one day I'll do that. <laughs> I'll have a, a therapist long enough that we can cover more than just what's happening currently. But yeah, so my cousin was killed and that's what's happened. That That is what happened. And I remember where I, I was when I heard that news and the shock of it. Sometimes I still get some. It's one of those things where we grew up really close together. We're only five years apart and he was younger than I was. So I was away at college and he was 17 when he passed. And I just think of the potential uh, it it just I think I was at that age I'm still at or I'm not at that point anymore but I was at that age where I just it didn't occur to me that I would be losing people my age people younger than me like I was just now getting in that mindset where it's like oh I'm seeing signs that my grand my grandparents aren't as young as they used to be like you know I was just compartmentalizing those type of losses and so when this happened I was just like I couldn't believe it I was shocked <laughs> I actually was I was, this was before I locked my hair. I remember being at home with my mom and I was doing a twist out on my loose natural hair midway through it. I remember I was posting on Facebook. I had just post like a Will Ferrell post on Facebook. And I guess my cousin, Adia, saw that I posted that. And she was like, she called me on Facebook Messenger. And I'm like, hey, what's going on, girl? And she's like, you must not have heard. DeAndre was shot. And I was like, I have two cousins, DeAndre. Little D, who actually was shot, my little cousin. And then his dad, my older cousin, DeAndre. So I was, I was like, DeAndre was shot, not to laugh, but I was like, you know, he lives that type of life where I'm like, that sounds about right. (laughs) Is he okay? You know, like, is he okay? Like, it's not the first time he's been, you know, something like that has happened to him, but he's always made it through. So I was like, oh, DeAndre was shot. Is he okay? You know, he's out of state. So who's all with him? He was in Arizona at the time. So, but she was like, no, little D. And, was, and when I tell you, I dropped the phone. It was the wind was taking out. Like I went numb. Like I, my brain could not even compartmentalize what she was saying that moment, like little D. No, 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 no. And so the next, it was a blur after that. Somehow I made it, I had drove, driven myself to the hospital in Chicago. And the next few days were just them trying to tell us in the nicest way possible that he wasn't going to make it. I mean, he had a headshot injury and we were all there praying and thinking that he would come through, even though I'm very familiar with Grey's Anatomy. I knew like, so there's this part of me that knew that he wasn't because I remember when they would come through, they would have all these social workers come through and try to talk to my grandma, who was his legal guardian and, you know, explain to her as best as they can, like, you know, we're giving it 72 hours to see if he responds, but we don't believe, you know, they are saying that those type of things. And while they were saying it to her, I was looking at her be like, Oh no, if, if, do we, do we take him home on the ventilator? Do we like, I can take care of him. And it was just so heartbreaking to see her try to like still keep him with us. And when they were explaining it to her, I was able to fully comprehend it. Like I I got it. I was like, Oh my God, no, he's he's gone but then when they were directed to me they were hoping that they would be able to talk to me and i would pass it along like this is what they're saying for some reason my brain would shut off kind of what hers was doing where it's like no 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 we still have time (laughs) The 36 the 72 hours aren't up no no he could still come back you know you know it's what so yeah it was a lot of that going on and um, looking back i it's weird i still remember those those people's faces it's weird. So yeah, it was, it was shocking. There was a, a lot of scandal around it, similar to, you know, it's it wasn't a situation where it was, you know, what we hear now and a lot of with police brutality and our young men dying, but it was a similar kind of, why did this happen? Couldn't it have been avoided? You know, we were caught off guard because we all thought of him and knew him to be this great kid this amazing athlete with all these scouts going, looking out for him. We were literally like, I was planning on going to a tour with him. He was coming to my school to, you know, meet with their coaches. I was like wanting to go with him to some of the HBCUs because I've never been. So it's, we were, we were creating a whole new relationship as he was getting older and it was cut short and it makes you think about some of the regrets regrets you have. Like I wish I wasn't, so teenage self-involved when he was younger, I wish I would have paid attention more to signs of who he was hanging out with and didn't rely so much on my dad, who is the worst male influence to have to raise this young man and, you know, think that that would lead to anything other than shenanigans. So it's just, yeah, there's a lot of regret I have with that loss. There's a lot I wish I could have said. There's a lot then, and it comes up a lot now because one, I'm living in the house like he was killed at the back door. I'm literally at the back door. You know, it's just, I live in the house that he passed in and it was supposed to be a transitional space. We moved my grandparents out of there because it was very triggering for them. But um, there was work that needed to be done here before we could give it back to our relative and put it back on the market. So I was, I volunteered to stay here. One, because I needed the help. I wasn't working. And two, I wanted to help them and it just seemed like it made sense not thinking about the emotional and spiritual effects of it. Now I feel like I'm rambling, but so, yeah, I'm, <laughs> no, you're so, not. yeah, I think probably, probably part of my grief would be finally, you know, realizing, letting go of some of those regrets and, maybe leaving the scene of the crime literally and figuratively and, um, acknowledging a lot of times I think of him every day, but a lot of times it's when I see like young black men at that age, like it, it just is so jarring for me. Like I get really like, wow, (laughs) like look at him. (laughs) I, I just think of DeAndre and I'm like, wow, I wish he was here able to do this whatever this this young person is doing, just walking around, listening to music, you know, just being, being. I, I wish that he was able to have that. It's you. You just have to you have to process it and and realize that it's not always the end. You know, he's not here with us, but I. I a lot of times still feel him with me. I think even I right after he passed, he passed in February, and after he passed, I went through a very I, depression I, I mentioned on here but part of that during that I was trying to get out of the depression with alcohol and so in April two months after he passed I ended up getting a DUI and oh my life kind of changed really quickly because I was like okay we're not about to do this I'm not about to ruin my life while I'm grieving for someone you know what I mean Like it's just so counterproductive like he's not here to live and so I'm gonna throw away my life that doesn't make sense like shouldn't i be being my best living my best life trying to be the best person i can and to make up for the opportunities that he doesn't get to experience or something so anywho i had this really low and i tried to build myself up from that and autocorrect because i saw how bad it was getting and i think i think i have and i think in some ways everything happens for a reason um because if he hadn't passed I wouldn't have gotten into that accident. I wouldn't have got the DUI and I wouldn't have grown so much as a person. I think it really shifted how I look at life. It really shifted how I connect with people and from different walks of life. It changed how I empathize, it changed how I value certain relationships. It it slowed me down from, you know, what could have been, you know, a different path I would have taken that wouldn't have brought me here where I'm I wouldn't say I'm successful but I'm <laughs> I'm doing all right I'm in love I'm now you're yeah. you're a success <laughs> <Thank> story <you. laughs> so I don't know there's loss and then you can try to find a silver lining in it and that's where I'm at now man so heavy so heavy <laughs> We don't
0: apologize, though. We're not sorry for anything. Life consists of fun things and amazing things and heavy and sad things, and we want to talk about what we want to talk about. This was on our list of things we wanted to talk about, and I hope that by hearing my experiences or by hearing Sierra's experiences, that someone is able to process a loss that they've experienced a little easier or at least make sense of some things that maybe they had questions about
1: before. Yeah. Yeah. Please take, I hope you take something out of this. And if not, you know, if this was too heavy for you to listen to. I understand. But if you did listen. <laughs> no, I'm
0: going to put in the notes that, oh. you know, it's heavy, heavy. I'm going to put heavy twice. So if you're not interested in hearing that, then you won't click on it. And so anyone who is here, okay. I do Fair not enough. feel bad. Well, then,
1: you know, before you walked in, you were properly warned. And for which, thank you for listening and please email us. I, 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 I'm not that person that doesn't want to hear what other people have experienced when it comes to this. I I think it's something that binds us in humanity. Life is fin- not infinite. We're We're all going to die at some point. So we have this bond that connects us. So if you have something you feel comfortable sharing, please email us. You know, I would love to to connect okay and that email is oh <laughs> because i <Vera> can't remember <laughs> now it's the intro all over again ah, it's you should you should try listening no it's... podcast at gmail.com you better get Girl, it can i hear one more time you should try listening you should try listening podcast at gmail.com <laughs> Yes.
0: <laughs> yep, that's exactly what it is. Email us. I check the emails. We'd love to hear your experience. And also, Miss Sierra has started up an Instagram for the yes. podcast as well. So check the Instagram. You should try listening and you can see what episodes are coming up next. You can engage with the community or with us.
1: Yeah, that's new and I'm excited. Um, It's going to be pretty. I may or may not follow you back, but it will let you know what's going on. And you can be the first to know and share with all your friends and be the cool kid. (laughs) Stop it stop it stop it
0: right now yes thanks for listening thanks for tuning in and until next time